Bloomington Out Loud, a look into relevant news, recent developments, and must-have info about things happening in and around Bloomington. Welcome to another edition of Bloomington Out Loud. I'm Katherine Murphy, Communication and External Affairs Manager for the City of Bloomington. I seem to be talking my way through the Parks and Recreation Department if you've listened to the last few episodes, so I guess I'm going to need to get that headset sent to another department soon. But for right now, before it moves, I knew that there was at least one more person that I needed to spend some time with. It's Eric Veal, Director of Bloomington Parks and Recreation. Hi, Eric. Hey, how's it going, Catherine? It's going so well. Thank you for picking up the microphone and joining me today. I really do appreciate it. Very glad to. So you have been with the city for, what, just over 20 years? Yes, uh, 23 years in January. And you've held some different roles through those 23 years. So walk me through your timeline, like when you started and everything that you've done along the way. Okay. Um, Well, I started on January 4th of 2000, and uh, I have had uh, four different roles, and they've all been great, and I've learned different things and kind of helped me get continue on with the city of Bloomington. So I was uh, first off with the recreation division uh, program manager. Uh, At that time I was cultural arts program manager. So I did all of the programming for arts and and, uh, that type of stuff. And it was exciting and music and uh, wasn't my forte. I was more of a sports guy, but um, good to learn new things. After that, I I did that for about eight years. Then I moved over to the BCPA at the time as a community engagement manager. Uh, Once again, wasn't a theater guy, but learned how to pretty much operate a theater and uh, put on great shows. Um, The best part about that was uh, just seeing the people um, gain the experiences that we were providing them. After that, I was fortunate enough to get to become the assistant director of the Parks and Recreation Department. Uh, And uh, that was another wonderful experience getting to open my mind and uh, opportunities to all the different divisions that I didn't really work with. And then uh, finally, I am now as the director here. And uh, once again, I'm taking all those experiences and the other positions that I've had and putting them together to hopefully uh, lead and uh, manage the department operations. So what do you think was, out of all of the things that you've done so far, um, what was the most challenging of all of those? Um, I would go with the uh, the BCPA uh, because I really wasn't managing people. I didn't really have employees. I had to work with all of the people, the artists, and um, to get an outcome for the residents and uh, citizens that wanted to come to our shows from the area. And we weren't just serving the city of Bloomington. We were serving the area. Um, so when I say uh, it's not like um, some of the other departments where people have to use our services, uh, we were providing a service that people paid to come. And if we didn't do a good job at it, they wouldn't come back. Hence, that service may not continue. So there's some added stress that you want to make sure that you provide a quality uh, show and, and performance. And we also did a lot of rentals where people would come in and uh, we would provide um, experiences for them for weddings and such. And you always want them to leave with a good experience because um, that's a one shot deal for those people. You don't want to ruin someone's wedding day. <laughs> that's true. I think they'd be a little upset. So yeah. <laughs> with, with the stress and all, and, some of the bad that went along with the job what's probably your most favorite moment say of the bcpa um i had a couple moments with some of the artists um i didn't always get to work with them but 
uh it was fun because uh you you did get the behind the scenes action i i didn't live for that i didn't ask for any autographs because that's not my style uh, a couple of the artists that um i did get to work with though they uh like i spent all day with one of them went to radio went to another one uh took them around the community to get them ready for their event that night and promote it and then after the concert then went over to a local establishment with them that they wanted to go to and at the very end of the night so this would have been started at about 7 30 in the morning and ended at about 11 30 or 12 in the morning um the artist who i won't name asked to take a picture of me because i'd been with them all day serving them and making them feel comfortable um and I just thought that was unique. Uh, my job was to serve them, and then they decided to have a picture with me, and this is a famous singer. So. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, do you think that maybe you're in somebody's family photo album somewhere? I wouldn't go that far, <laughs> but it still made me feel good and, and feel like everything I'd provided was worthwhile. <laughs> you just imagine, you pull out the album at Christmas, who's this guy? <laughs> exactly. So... Uh, <laughs> As director of Parks and Recreation, did you grow up dreaming about Parks and Rec and knew that it was what you were going to do for the rest of your life? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> um, I grew up as a Parks and Rec kid, I will say that, and Parks and Rec kid is someone who participates in Parks and Recreation program as a child. I participated in our junior zookeeper program as a child and other things in Bloomington and Normal. Um, no, I went to college a, as an ag student at the University of Illinois. Two years in, I realized that wasn't working for me. Uh, the one avenue that I retained all of my credits uh, was to switch into what was then called leisure studies. Uh, you can make fun later. And uh, I retained all my credits. And the fortunate piece of that is I learned once I got in there that whether it was happenstance, luck, or, or just fate, that was for me. That's kind of a cool story. Mm -hmm. And what did you do before you came to the city? Or was that really like your first job? Because you're only, what, 25 now? Yeah. You've been working since you were, before you were born. <laughs> Times two. But anyway, <laughs> um, well, well if, if you got a second, I'm going to share this because this is kind of what shaped me. I would say that you know, University of Illinois is an institution of higher learning, but I got more out of my internships with that um, than I did, I think, from the book area of that. So I'll just share with this real quick. So uh, some of my best experiences that have the memories that created me now, um, I did uh, internship at Innisbrook Hilton Resort in Tarpon Springs, Florida. Uh, we put on programs for um, conferences that came down. I mean, we're talking like... Uh, when we had we had five golf courses, PGA course, but what we would do as the interns in the rec department was when people came down, they they would pay us to have people shoot um, paintball guns at people riding around the golf carts and things like that. Uh, that was their recreation entertainment. Other things we did was we provided alligators and pools for their evening entertainment and things like that. Um, so that was a different experience than being from Illinois. Um, another one, uh, I had the fortunate opportunity to, to be an intern at Disney, um, and that that was kind of an eye-opener for me. Um, I lived with a person from France, another person from Germany, and a person from Norway, 
and uh, with another gentleman from Eastern Illinois University. And so that was an exciting summer. There was some learning, there was a lot more fun, but there was uh, uh, an opportunity for me to grow as an individual um, in ways that I hadn't experienced before. And some of those, you know, Disney is a magical place. And it is actually true because it's a state of mind, so to speak. Uh, but um, it did afford a lot of opportunities um, to me to become a, a bigger focused person in the future. And then last but not least, you might be surprised because you're talking about what did I do before I came to Parks and Rec. My last quote-unquote internship job before I got a full-time job uh, was guess where? Bloomington Parks and Recreation. <laughs> um, so there was a gap there uh, before I was in the roles at Bloomington. I spent five years at Chestnut Health System as well as a recreation therapist. And so um, that's the whole history there. But it's interesting how when you're going through the college experience and, you know, I was more worried about the book stuff because that wasn't my specialty. But these experiences, when you put them all together, they build on each other. And that is one area I believe I can able can do very well is continue to remember the things so that you can use them again in the future as they build upon each other. So I have to ask because my college roommate also did an internship at Disney, but she was a lifeguard. At, oh, yeah. At the Grand Floridian. So what was your role? Were you, like, did you get to dress up as one of the characters? <laughs> or were you working someplace else? Well, in the grand scheme of things, I had one of the more boring and mundane roles. I was actually a host at what it was called the Disney Inn Resort Restaurant. Um, that is no longer called that and is no, no longer there. But, um yeah, each person got assigned a role. I'd worked in, uh, I'd worked at McDonald's and Walmart before I got this gig. So they take your previous experiences and uh, kind of use them in the parks. So basically, the the internship program is a ten week program that they give you some learning, but they also use you as an employee for forty hours a week, and then you get some other stuff too. So so that was my job. Um, it wasn't as exciting as uh, probably being the monorail driver, which people did, or, or being the lifeguard, although the lifeguards has uh, no comparison to what goes on here in Bloomington at all, and no offense to Bloomington. I'm glad what we have what we have, but the lifeguards were making a serious amount of saves a day. We're talking 10 to 15 saves a day, not just I had to jump in the water. They were saving people every day just because of the quantity of people in those pools and things like that, and I'm glad that we do not have that in Bloomington, although we have very quality lifeguards doing the job here. Yeah, that's true. I do. I, I have heard the stories from, from my uh, old roommate, and now here's a fun fact about me. Okay. I have never been to Disney. What? I've never been, and neither oh have my children. What? I know. Oh my, that's that's not something I hear normally. But, <laughs> but it's not a it's not a bad thing. There's plenty of other things in this world that you can enjoy, and uh, I hope you you know you get out and do those as well. Well, I still plan. I'm, I still hope that I'm going to get there one of these days. It might be when I'm you know 102 and <laughs> I'm in a wheelchair, but I'm still going to try. So okay. So you have a family that is heavily involved in the community, in in our community. So brag on your wife and son a little bit. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> um, I wasn't expecting this question. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm very proud of my wife. She, is, uh, she worked for the University of Illinois Extension and ran the McLean County 4-H program here for quite a number of years. Uh, she moved on to a higher role down at the University of Illinois in alumni engagement for the College of Ag and community 
Ag Consumer and Environmental Sciences, and she's bounced back to do 4-H at the state level. So I'm proud of her. She is very community-focused. They do programs similar to us. I mean, not events, but um, things like that. Uh, our son, uh, unbeknownst to us, decided to like computers. We know nothing about them, so he helps us with everything. He's off at college right now at Rose Holman Institute of Technology, and he is—he probably passed me in eighth grade when it comes to computers and, and math and all that other stuff, but we are very proud of him. He's, he's, uh, he's adapting to, uh, it's a, it's a hard school to go to, but yet he's succeeding. So that's awesome to hear. Thank you for, thank you for letting me share that. Of that course. Was nice. I know how proud you are of them. <laughs> so now it's time for the out loud eight. I ask the same eight questions to everybody that I talk to on the podcast. Are you Great. ready? Are I you, am ready. You, did somebody give you the questions? Are you cheating? I hear paper in the background. You're well, cheating. Cheating is not the right <laughs> word because I was supposed to prepare, and by preparing, I listened to a few other people. So uh, I, I don't, okay. I do not have answers to all of them yet. All right. So maybe I should put them out of order. Do what you got to do. Really? No, I'm going to start <laughs> with number one. If you could do one job other than your current one, what would it be? That is a great question. Back when I was doing the recreation therapy thing, I wanted, I wished I'd gone back and got a teaching certificate and was a teacher. Due to my age and maybe not desire for that right now, I would say today, I, I, I always wanted to work for IDNR, Department of the Natural Resources. Um, I grew up going to the State Fair and Conservation World down there with my dad, and I thought, oh, that's got to be the coolest job. I don't know if I'd be someone out in the field, you know, running around with a gun and that type of stuff. But, you know, that, that just seemed cool to me back then. So, yeah. All right. And number two, what has been your biggest learning experience? Uh, is that at work or is that Whatever. life? Whatever. Doesn't oh, okay. matter. Well, I think the biggest learning experience is having a family. But I'll elaborate on that a bit. Um, going through life experience as a family is not directly related to work, but you also have a work family. And, and I think that um, there's ups and downs and you work through things in both situations. And, and uh, some of the things I've learned, I guess I would say is um, attitude is everything. And um, I'll give you an example of one of my Disney experiences. I was at a, we'll say establishment uh, one evening and on the wall, and I'll never forget this. So I was a age 21 probably um there was a sign that said life is a state of being um that stayed with me until now i i still believe in that i probably if you worked with me on a daily basis i'm not happy go lucky every hour of the day but i do believe that you can change your attitude at any time you wish and i do believe life is a state of being and ultimately um, if you're not having a good time or not having a good day you can change that um, and so that's just something that stuck with me. So was that the biggest learning experience? No, but it stuck with me forever. And I do try and apply that to uh, families, number one as well. I love that. I really do. So number three, what are you not very good at? Well, you're going to find out real quick. I'm not a good comedian because I was going to say ice dancing to throw you <laughs> off. And I did have that written down on the paper. Um, so in reality, I'll, I'll go with a, a more realistic one. Um, in the past, I, I'm not good at saying no. I'm more of a pleaser. Um, in the roles that I've had at the city, though, I've learned that I do have to say no sometimes and that that 
is painful to me. Um, that, that, that goes against my style of pleasing people and working with people and trying to be a team player. Um, so that's something I'm not good at, but um, I've learned to do it both ways. All right. Number four, something that you believe or believe in that almost no one agrees with you on. Well, I'm going to say I cheated on this one because uh-huh. I, I don't have a good one here. Uh, I, I, here's what I came up with. Uh, my parents are from Nebraska. I grew up watching Nebraska football. So here's the answer. The Nebraska Cornhusker football team can win a national championship again. <laughs> because I don't think – I think – I, I want to think it can happen, but now with the NIL, the name image likeness thing and all the other changes in football, I don't know because, I mean, who wants to go to – Nebraska to play football uh, out in the middle of the cornfields. We used to get them, but it's challenging now. Well, I have a goddaughter who's a sophomore at Nebraska, so. But oh, not, that's but, right. But she's not playing football, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, as long as they need people in the stands cheering them on. And she is. She's out there every game, so. <laughs> Number five, your biggest surprise in your role with the city. Well, this one shouldn't surprise you, and this is real, and it wasn't planned. Um that I can still have fun at work, no matter role, what role I've been in at the city. I do want to say this, and not a shout-out, but it's a fact. Um, in the role that I'm in now, which I've navigated through four of them, I still have fun at the city, in my job. And um, that is allowed by the city administration. And I don't mean I'm screwing around and telling jokes. What I mean is, um, I believe that that is a part of your job. And so... Amidst all of the stress, and let's go back to lifeguarding, there are areas of the Department of Parks and Recreation that are unbelievably stressful. Any given day, um, and and I say this (laughs) seriously, we could have someone die. Don't want that, (laughs) ever. (laughs) Um, But you know what? So if you think about the the negative, um, there needs to be a positive, and my positive is having fun, whether be telling a quick joke or, or something like that. Um, but our, our, our business is serious business. So, but I believe that fun needs to be a part of that business, especially since we're in parks and recreation. I love that too. Number six, what would you say to 18 year old Eric? Well, this might shock you because if you know me, I'm not that wild, shall we say, um, 18 year old me thought that I would never make it past 19. I don't know why, but I never did. So then when I made it to age 20, I'm like, oh, wow, now what do I do? Because <laughs> I wasn't expecting to make it there. <laughs> but anyway, as we just listened to the whole history, now you know what I've done. Oh, wow. You didn't think you were going to make it past 19? Yeah. Huh. I don't know why. Because most 18-year-olds think that they're invincible and they're living forever. Well, there's the difference between you and I. I suppose. Number seven, <laughs> the best compliment that you've ever received. Um, I'm, okay. Um, this one happened recently. I'm not going to say who from. It was internal in the city. And someone told me I inspired them. That was the quote. Um, it really caught me off guard because I wasn't trying for that. And I'm still not trying for that. I'm just trying to do the job the best that I know how to do, to do the job and try to follow the servant leadership model for the, the, the city that I serve. And so when someone told me that, I was like, oh okay, that was really nice. How do I, how do I take that? Um, because that's not what I was looking for at the time. So um, I'll give you one other one, which was uh, uh, a different scenario. Um, a staff member left, and she left me a note and said thanks. And 
you know, I encouraged her to go because it is not my job to make people work for me or are under me for the rest of their life. It is my job to help them grow and move on to whatever they want to do. So we kind of worked through that. Um, and uh, one of the issues that came up at work, um, we didn't agree with each other on. I was her supervisor at the time and not in this role, but I told her I disagreed with her and I pushed her harder to do more. And in the final thank you card, she said, thank you for pushing me. It made me a better person. And that's how I'm moving on. And at the time, you know, it wasn't a pleasant situation, but it was just nice to receive some um, gratification, I guess, from her uh, and realize that that helped her in her life. All right. See, your life is a state of being. That's, yes, it is. That is inspirational. <laughs> All right. Last one. Number eight, your favorite thing about Bloomington. Well, I'm going to start off with the boring answer. The boring answer is all of it, but here's why. So uh, when I was the recreation therapy uh, person over at Chestnut Health Systems, one of my job was to take the clientele out on tours. So I uh, knew what was in Bloomington. I've known what's been in Bloomington the whole time. And the people that, and I, and I am a townie from here. So, um, the things that make me mad is like, there's nothing to do in Bloomington. And you know what? I had a list of 25 things on a page that I just hand people and say, here they go. Here you go. Because then they're like, Oh, and then they can't complain anymore. Um, but then the other opportunity is favorite things about Bloomington. I'd take them out and show them. And when I say Bloomington, I didn't, I mean, I love Bloomington, the city, but I consider Bloomington normal in the surrounding area. One of the most unique things, and I don't know why I'm going to promote this right now, uh, is the Funk Gem and Prairie Museum in uh, Prairie, Funk Gem and Mineral Museum uh, in uh, Shirley, Illinois, right outside. If you've never been there, it's unbelievable. It, it's something you wouldn't expect. There's things from presidents that are there. There's moon rocks that are there. Um, and so I'm just giving you an example of there's a lot of that in Bloomington Normal that people either don't take the time to look for or, um, you know, or just don't know about. So when I used to advocate for things to do in Bloomington, um, I found out all of it. So when I say my favorite thing in Bloomington is all of it, there is so much here to do. You just got to take the time and spend a little bit of effort. Um, and there's always stuff going on. Eric Veal, Director of Parks and Recreation for the City of Bloomington. Thank you for carving out some time and talking with me. I really do appreciate it, and I really appreciate you. <laughs> well, thank you, Catherine. Life is a state of being. That's a really great phrase. The city itself has so many incredible parks and so many offerings for everyone from eight months to 800 years old, and it really does run like a well-oiled machine, and it's because of Eric Veal and his amazing team. And it's funny, he said that his favorite thing about Bloomington is everything. I really do encourage you to check out bloomingtonparks.org and see all of the different things that fall under the Parks and Rec umbrella. You can sign the kids up for a sport, check out all the classes, grab ice skates, and head to the ice center. So I will agree with Eric. If you're saying that there's nothing to do in Bloomington, you're really not looking in the right places. Thanks so much for tuning in to another edition of Bloomington Out Loud. I am Catherine Murphy, Communication and External Affairs Manager for the City of Bloomington. Until next time, so long. Bloomington Out Loud is produced by the City of Bloomington Communication Office. Have a question? Want to suggest a topic? Drop us a note at bloomingtonoutloud at cityblm.org.